The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft tobacco. The after show, the after show, the after show, the after show. This is the after show. It's after the show. Yeah, I know it's Wednesday. You're listening so to the show Wednesday. But what? The after show, the after show, the after show. I thought, I and then thought it's, char- it's The char- after show. <laughs> it's charming. <laughs> That's what we're going be jealous you didn't think of it, parents. <laughs> with us is Robert Wright, and he has a company called Pure, Pure Soul. And uh, in the first hour of the Cigar Authority podcast, we smoked his King's Treasure. In the second hour, we smoked the Pure Soul, but the big one, the seven inch by 64, 64, one inch across, big ring gauge. Still smoking it, and it's Wednesday. Yeah, right. (laughs) This thing's a good long smoke. Right. It'll keep you company for a while. Wow. How how important is it to you that you personally like the cigars that you make? I mean, you know, it's personal because um, I have to take a lot of things in consideration, not only what I think is uh, good and, and pleasurable, but uh, also I keep in mind what other people might you know, think about it. It's easy to you know, just to put something in your portfolio and, and put it out there, but I don't, I don't do it that way. So you know, it, I, it, it has to pass a certain level of uh, quality and uh, taste. Anybody else in your family smoke? No, not really. Not really. My brother occasionally, um, but no, not really. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because we were talking during the regular show. I've never had anyone complain about cigar smoking ever. Uh, and if they did, I would just excommunicate them because it's this is what I'm into. Yeah. But my whole family on my mother's side, every single person, men, women, that once the, you're over 18, Smoke. you get a cigar and when wow. we're having family parties, we're all smoking. It's part of our it's part of our culture. How about your wife? S- uh, she smokes on occasion. Yeah. How about you, Jonathan? I've never seen her. Uh, I got a couple of pictures of her smoking. If usually it's Sophie and I out on the deck lighting up, and Deb will come out and feel left out, and I uh, haven't. I'll take yeah, a cigar. My so, wife is like that. Yeah. So my mother smokes cigars. My wow. daughter smokes cigars, but my wife does not. And she comes and sits with us when we're smoking cigars. And I said, "Have one," and she says, "No." And just it's a sensory overload for most women. Yeah. And then I met my wife in a cigar bar. Right. Was she smoking a cigar? No, she's being an alcoholic. She was uh, smoking (laughs) a Java. Yeah? Yep. She had a Java lit up. She's now graduated to non-flavored. Non-flavored cigars. Or what we could call real cigars. Real cigars. And uh, does she have a cigar with you now and then? Uh, More than now and then. More than now. I would say... 60, 70% of the time wow. I smoke, she'll have one with me. That's, That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. It is nice. Yeah. It is awesome. Um, 
Do you, so your family doesn't do it with you. Do you have old friends and stuff, Robert, that smoke cigars with you? Oh, many friends. Uh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I have uh, my own little cigar group, yeah. so to speak. And uh, when I do have the time to kind of, you know, catch up with them, you know, we all sit down and smoke. Uh, but, yeah, I have, you know, my, my home is open to anyone that wants to Here we go. stop by at any time and, you know, Because you had a little room. You got a little cigar room, right? Yeah, I got a little one now. Yeah. I, I'd given up my bigger room to my daughter, yeah. you know, so uh, I had, you know, I converted one of the bedrooms into a little smoking room. So I don't know if this is a, a real question or, or anything, but uh, we're here in New Hampshire um, and the majority of cigar smokers you see that up here are middle-aged white guys. What, and, and being... Going to these countries like Honduras and Nicaragua, I'd always see the Spanish people that work in there were not cigar smokers. And to my growing up, it was always just a white guy thing. It wasn't the Asians. It wasn't blacks. It wasn't Spanish. It was a white guy thing. And now we're starting to see everything. We have a lot of Dominican smoking cigars, a lot of Spanish, a lot of blacks, a lot of everything. It's starting culturally. It's acceptable. Did you see that? Do you? Oh, absolutely. When I started in the industry, very few blacks and Latinos that I seen in sm in cigar shops, yeah, uh, were smoking. You know, um, but that changed. You know, obviously around the cigar boom. Okay, it, it kind of opened up the doors to uh, inviting people to uh, join in and, and see what this. Smoking experiences. All I saw it in a big way. About four years ago, I was a um, guest speaker at the IPCPR trade show, and we were doing a, um, I moderated a panel of people that were doing cigar, private cigar clubs. Okay. And <coughs> the show starts, and I'm moderating, and I look in the audience, and it was predominantly black, the audience which was very surprised to me, and they were the ones asking the questions. And then I would question them of how long, they, they already have a cigar club, um, cigar lounge, uh, private members only, um, and they're looking to open their second and third. And I said, wow, this, something happened here, changed. Not so much here in New Hampshire, I don't, I don't see it, but it was uh, Atlanta, and it was Texas, and it was... Yeah. Um, I was just, you know, I said, okay, this is a whole nother population. We, we tried to see this happen with women. A lot of people tried to make, make cigars just for women, women only cigars and things that never worked. No, we never brought that in there, but is there something to this that we're bringing other cultures into this? And if so, is it different cigars? I don't think it's different cigars. I think the boutique you know, I don't particularly care for that word, but the smaller, newer companies uh, have become appealing to that group of folks, uh, whereas uh, in the past, I think a lot of the uh, cigar manufacturers and companies wasn't as appealing to them. And uh, so, you know, with a lot of these newer boutiques, smaller companies, their brands were more... Uh, attractive to him, and, and again, the personality and the man exactly. behind it, as opposed to there is no Romeo and Juliet, there is no Partagus, there is no person. Oh, it's just something to identify with. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's 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 more. I guess with the cigars, you have to kind of either want to partake in this luxury lifestyle, pleasurable 
experience of smoking. And, and affordable, affordable luxury. Well, you know, cigars, premium cigars is probably the only luxury lifestyle uh, product that anybody can afford. Right. And so, uh, you know, as, as the interest grew through the marketing and magazine ads and certain athletes and celebrities, you know, uh, that they follow, uh, were seen smoking, they became curious. Uh, I, think, I think that more than ever, cigars are the great equalizer. And I say that I really started in this store full time three years ago. And we had a couple of guys that would sit in the corner and Spanish guys, Dominican, and they'd sit in the corner by themselves and talk Spanish to each other and always smoking cigars together. Mm. You fast forward to now, they don't sit over in the corner. They They're buddies with everybody else. Yeah, so and so. the thing that equalized us all is that we all have cigars in common. Yeah. And that allowed them, maybe they didn't feel comfortable coming into a predominantly white area. So they kept themselves segregated in quotes. Yeah. But now they felt comfortable because we had this in common and they could cross over what you might call a color divide and come over and be one of the guys. And now they can't leave without everybody high five and goodbye. Yeah, yeah. It's really has become quite the family in the lounge. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's exactly what you know what happened because when I first started working in the cigar industry, uh, it was very few people of color. Yeah, you know, in the shops, and it's sort of like okay, um, it was probably uncomfortable for a lot of folks. Yeah, and, and where know? I had my stores in Massachusetts, it was a mixture of everybody there, but my customers were middle-aged white guys. Right. That was it, right. and we had everything. But that's not who was coming and buying cigars. And as the years went on, we see a change up on it, um, and we're seeing it growing and growing. So I think the the growth of cigars can be the multi multicultural cultural thing that happens. The Chinese guy that was up here yeah. uh, from Hong Kong, um, I asked him, and he says a dramatic in surge and in China yeah. with cigars. And you're talking about billions of people, not millions, billions of people. And he says, oh, look at the possibilities that could it's happen. Untapped. Huge. Yep. Yeah. And they were predominantly cigarette smokers. Right. Now, you know, I, I guess- As they get older, you get into cigars, I still believe it is a middle-aged thing. It's not young people coming to cigars. Not really. Yeah. Not really. Um, they, I see upper 20s. Even yeah, you know what I mean. And we I'll we did a little survey on the Cigar Authority. We're going to do it every single year now, and we asked our listeners how old they are, and it was <coughs> thirty plus. There was nobody in the twenties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very little. Very yeah. yeah. I'm going to get an email from that one guy that was yeah. nineteen. Very yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an adult uh, 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 thing. It's it's not you know for the young yeah. young guys. They 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 need a little time, a little seasoning to yeah. become curious about it but now you've been on the road for about 30 years yeah do you after a certain amount of time being at home do you get the itch where it's just like i gotta i gotta get back out on the road i gotta go out and and, and hit it nah. no no nah. <laughs> you'd rather not but you do i have to because yeah you have to um, i mean i love people yeah See, that's the main thing you gotta love people to really appreciate this this Industry, you know, the, the he cigar looks to me the guy that hates industry. all people, <laughs> you know, and that's you. You end up in a cigar bar every night, yeah, around people. You could sit in your house and do it, but you don't, and you end up going with. Nah, I'd rather are. stir the pot and create yeah. problems and be a keyboard bully. It adds to uh, the, the community social 
Yes. You know, I mean, there are, we have a lot of customers that come in, but very quiet. They buy their boxes of cigars. They leave. They never socialize. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they've been great customers for years and years. I've invited them to for things on the house. Great customers. And they still won't come. Nope, nope, nope. And they take, and I think they're missing the, a certain thing about cigars because yeah. there's the biggest thing about the cigars is the having a cigar with it's uh, the biggest but there's thing. there's a there's a flip side my buddy jerry um he's got a locker downstairs yeah and he is very social he works at a old folks home where he plays bingo and stuff with him and kind of gets the party going and when he goes home sometimes he's down to hang out with the guys but sometimes he closes the garage door and sits out in the backyard yeah. because now he can enjoy the other half of cigars, which is, um, Larry David said, the contemplative side where you can just be with yourself and your thoughts. And this gives you something to do rather than just be a psycho staring at the fence by yourself. Yeah. It keeps you company. I mean, cigars, uh, the experience of smoking it, it's personal. I mean, you can do it. And I, I've said it many times in the social environment or yeah. in solitude. I enjoy a cigar by myself as much as I do in a, in, in a you know a social setting. I like to smoke a cigar sometimes by myself to decompress from you know the mm-hmm. hustle and the bustle in in what we do on a regular basis while listening to some good music, yeah, uh, jazz or whatever. Uh, depending on my mood, that's the type of music I listen to. Sometimes it's old school funk, yeah. You know, sometimes it's just some ballads Coltrane and you know you're, you're kind of uh just kind of enjoying the moment by yourself it's beautiful sometimes I, I I I do that watching a sport event by myself after dinner I'm up in my little cigar room recline by myself do you ever pretend you're Kenny G no <laughs> <laughs> people knock Kenny I like Kenny no G, he's a phenomenal you know, a phenomenal player but uh, he stays in his lane he's not trying to you know be someone that uh, he's not and and you know I appreciate that everyone has something <laughs> you ever pretend to be Kenny G no man this is the question Kenny of the day he played the saxophone he's the most famous saxophone player no, no my generation he, play, he didn't play the saxophone yeah. he didn't play the clarinet no, no he's a like saxophone, the saxophone. It, people think they're soprano which looks like a clarinet because it's straight and it's oh, about okay. the same size. It's a soprano sax. They also make them where it's curved just like the other saxophone and it's small like this, but that's just the same sax is straightened out. And it has a distinct, different uh, sound to it. Very, very, uh, it's a tone that you can pick up. You know it's Kenny G every single time. Yeah, what's, your, what's, what's with you and Kenny? I just like Kenny G, okay? <laughs> he has a man crush. Oh, God. So because you can play the saxophone, can you play all the saxophones? Yeah, they're the same finger in different size mouthpieces. Um, the double entendre is going to be too much for Barry. <laughs> I'm like chomping at the bit right now. <laughs> yeah, they're all the same finger. And so if you can play one, you can play uh, the others. Just Someone a, else that yeah, had if you a can distinct, finger one, you can finger yeah, any of them. Yeah. Someone else that had a distinct sound would be someone like BB King, and not and he had all of his guitars were all named Lucille. The guitar he was playing was Lucille always, right. but he had many guitars, and he still you could hear that this was BB King, and that's what it, what is it about a musician that gives them their sound? Um, equipment. Uh, when it comes to, you know, electronic music, he plays a Gibson, I think Gibson Paul or something, uh, vintage quality sound. It's like a Stradivarius yeah. Yeah. violin. But Which, if he picked up, if he went to my brother's house, he's dead, but if he picked up my brother's guitar and, and started playing it, you'd still know that was BB. Is it attitude? Is it attack on the notes? Is is a style and how he uh, 
hears uh, uh, musical statements in his head. You know, it's a certain certain way that he communicates. And how is it that you feel like you're communicating through your instrument? What is your thing? Well, my thing is uh, try to be as uh, honest, you know, with the with the moment, and you know, try to just convey a, a feeling. And you have to, you know, decide how to do that on the spur of the moment with what's going on. You almost brought me to tears with that uh, Flintstones edition. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Oh, please, man. Y'all crazy, man. It's cool. But, um, so, so what we didn't ask you on the regular show is any new thing coming out. I'm surprised, Barry. I laid it up for you to, to do it, because well, that's he, your go-to. He, yeah, he hinted that the King's Treasure Maduro. King's Treasure Maduro, I've been working on it, but it's it's not quite. I haven't really decided on it yet. Um, I, I'm, you know, and, I, and because the the first one was number seven, the Connecticut is number seven, yeah. will that be number whatever it ends up being? Just make it number seven. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that I can go back to it. You know, we write down the different blends. And yeah. You know, I like... A, some more than others, and then I, I keep those, you know, and I come back to it because sometimes the palate gets burnt. You go down to the factory and yeah. work on stuff, and it's just like you got to rest it, you know. Somebody, you know, and I've done it where very quickly I agreed upon something and it just was there. Mm-hmm. Also, I've gone through a couple of projects we've been working on for two yeah. years now. And I just keep, nope, it's not there right. yet, it's not there, and, you know, I'm just not happy with it, and it's we're close, and then we make them, we put them aside, I get to them back a couple months later and try it again, right. I'm like, no, let's do it again, and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a burden to the factory that I'm not accepting you are. this. You are. But they've told me. No, but I mean, it's it's true. Uh, yeah. It changes. You know, when you, when you blend it, you might love it, and then you let it sit and rest for a while, yeah. and then it, it, it kind of morphed into... What it's going to be for selling? Yeah, and you say, well, and it's not, it's it's not, not there. Yeah. So right. what is it that that that? So is you know we all say get a cigar and age it and it gets better, uh, but sometimes when it comes to sampling, we get something, we age it, and it is not what it was. It's worse. Well, because at that at that specific point, it's gone through its sick period. We're not getting sick cigars, so it goes through the sick period, but it hasn't completely melded yet. So you're sampling that cigar in a more fresh state than giving it another three months and letting it really finish settling. Yeah. Some tobaccos just need extra time. Yeah. Yeah. I know we've dealt with the same manufacturers in certain cases and stuff. And, uh, I feel like, uh, wow, they hate me. And I'm like, I'll start sending you money for the samples or something. No, no, no. And I'm like, I feel bad, but I'm not accepting it. It's not, it's got to be true, man. Yeah. I mean, and be honest, you know, yeah. it's, that's how it is, you know, but um, it takes time, you know. So you you have cigars being produced in Honduras with the pure Christian, soul, yes. And you have cigars made in the Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, no. Uh, through Christian, uh, just that one blend, yeah. Um, you know, but uh, how about Costa Rica? I'm thinking about it. That's my homeland. I mean, I'm right. on there, so uh, I got to go see what's out there. You know, yeah. And I know the soil in Costa Rica. It's Filled with minerals and yeah. rich. There's a saying: you can put a, a a broomstick in in the soil, and it'll it'll grow flowers out of it. Yeah, you know? that's how that's how rich that soil is. So yeah, I, I got labor it. costs are higher. Yeah, but I mean, if I can get the tobacco and get it get it, uh, you know, 
yeah. shipped somewhere else is fine. I just never really took time out to, to yeah. seek out the tobacco farming. Does your Does your wife have any interest in the traveling? I mean, granted, you go into third world countries and you're going <coughs> typically to the uh, off side, the mm-hmm. work side, not the play side. Does she travel with you at all? No. no? Somebody got a hold of foot down, man. <laughs> yeah. My wife is, she's a... Uh, She's a gift, man. I mean, she's she's a sweetheart. She she supports me in every way, and I'm blessed, you know. And, How many uh, years you with her? Twenty seven. Twenty seven. No, actually, we've been married twenty seven years. We've been together over 30, 30 years. Yeah, yeah, okay. thirty years. She's been, you know, all right, my sidekick. And you got your little room, though. You can go by yourself if you have to. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes she knows. She knows. Hey, he just needs to be by himself. Or I pick up my horn. I have two two ways of just kind of getting away from everything. And the one that works the most or the best is when I come home and my horn is on. You know, the the sack stand, and I pick it up and and I just start blowing. Nice. Say, hey, you want to eat? No, nothing now. Okay. And when I finish, everybody's sleeping. Ah. Three hours, four hours went by and shit. You put everybody to sleep with your music. <laughs> what? What? You could say shit. It's okay. Oh, I can say shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. it doesn't, it doesn't we, had, uh, we had a, uh, a manufacturer on who I, I'm not going to mention Jesus Fuego's name. But he, <laughs> he says uh, oh, yeah. something was bullshit. Okay. And we were broadcasting on the radio. Yeah, seven, seven stations at the time, so it was big. So the text goes out to the tech back at the radio station. Did he get it? Did he get it? Yes. Okay, good. And then we say to him, because Dave and I were both completely horrified. So as the text is going out from Chuck Morrison, we're saying to him, oh, you know, you got to ease, ease up on the language. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. He says oh, it shit. again. So he says it again. Over it's like, we're going to start the text message yeah. again. Mm. And, and I'm like, no, oh shit, I fucked up again. You know, one after the other, and I'm like, oh Jesus, <laughs> just dump the whole seven seconds. My my uh, my friends and my family say my favorite word is shit. Yeah, yeah, I, I use it often. All right, that's some good shit. It's a yeah. good word. But you did good on the on the whole uh, first hour. I no shit, handle on. There we go. Me? But it, does, it doesn't matter yeah. anymore. <laughs> We're we're an explicit show, right? Yeah. I want yeah. to say I'm jealous that you have a smoking room because my stepdaughter just moved out. And within five minutes of her moving out, I said, I want to turn the room into a smoking room. And I say, that ain't happening. No. She's going right. to take up sewing. She know that I ain't did. happening either. That's so, a- so what are you going to do with it? I haven't decided. I'm still pushing for a cigar room, so I'm going to ask Robert. And she how smokes. And she smokes. And she too. smokes, but That's she's weird. like, yeah, it's different when it's in the house versus going well, to a shop. Well, you'll see. It's a long winter coming up. Yeah, long winter coming up, and that's I'm, that. I'm just going to light up when she's not home, and she can deal with it. That's it. Okay, that's it for the show. Robert Wright, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Find pure soul. Ask your retailer. Does he have it? Get Does some. he have King's, the King's treasure? Treasure. Does get he some. have it? And if he doesn't, tell him to get it. Uh, next week, Saturday on the show, we have John Fozzie from Kristoff joining us, and we're going to smoke a Kristoff along with the Prime Cigar, uh, just in time for the um, Halloween. Um, that's it. We'll see you Saturday on the Cigar Authority. Put the lid end in your mouth. You'll like it. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.